A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers are qualified. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And this is episode episode 12. We're going over uh, episode 13, Sectionals, which aired December 9th, 2009. Uh, it was written and directed by Brad Falchuk and had just over 8 million viewers when it first aired, uh, partly I'm sure due to it being sort of the mid-season hiatus finale, season hiatus finale. I'm not quite sure what that term is, but you know what I'm saying. It's called, we thought the show was only going to have 13 episodes and suddenly we have nine more finale. That finale, that one that we always look forward to watching. Yeah. So that said, it was it was a culmination of a lot of things that we've been talking about, a lot of plot lines, a lot of stuff happened. And I, I feel like I speak for three people when I say <laughs> I expected more. And by more, I mean, like, I expected myself to feel more. Um, I, I felt some highs. I felt some lows. But at the end of it, I just went, OK, so. And and I'm just frustrated and and. Some of that is from character decisions. Some of that is from writing decisions. But uh, yeah, I just don't remember hitting that same high that I felt watching it the first time. Thoughts? Right. Well, spoiler, the uh, McKinley High Glee Club wins sectionals. Oh, yeah, we should probably. Yeah. So that, that happens, and they somehow win sectionals um, having to put together what, two or three songs? How many did they perform at this? There were, uh, three. Three. three, uh, three. Two? No, because it's Don't Rain on My Parade no. and you can't always get what you want. Regardless, they put together these songs in, like, what, an hour all by themselves and still managed to, to win. So either so. that says the state of... of uh glee clubs at this time before they were having to compete against dalton who then they had to compete against forever not sure how that happened or maybe they were redistrict i don't fucking know how we how we do this for sectionals but uh yeah they were able to put together in an hour not like they didn't do that at another time either Mm -hmm. ever (laughs) they've never half-assed anything in the last minute it's fine nope nope and and i liked um Emily, your point that uh, if they were able to do this and win sectionals, why do we have shoe? 
Right, right. He is supposed to be their choir director and he puts these arrangements together. Although, let's be honest, Brad, the piano guy, probably is the one really doing the arrangements because what music training does she actually have? But she isn't even there and they're stuck in some back room and they're all kind of arguing and they're like, you know what, guys? We're so fucking talented at music arrangements that we're just going to take two songs that we have never practiced. Some of us have probably never even heard, and we're just going to put these out for sectionals, and it's going to be amazing. Plus choreography that no one's going to trip their feet over. And they yeah, do. I mean, Mike Fang must have actually been a like teenage a genius, genius. At choreography to teach them all. Yeah, that sort of time. Naturally, yeah, goddamn dancing genius and teaching yeah. genius to be able to come up with it and then teach it to them. Right, and Brittany, because they, you know, since they're yeah. the two best dancers, they went off and they somehow they somehow managed to teach choreography well come up with choreography teach choreography and practice choreograph choreography while also coming up with the arrangement learning the arrangement practicing the arrangement i don't know i kind of hope that somewhere in the green room before everybody went on rachel just went fuck it we're doing it live <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live <laughs> But like, I hope that that was said. <laughs> is there just an AU out there where the Glee Club are actually mutants that they can do this, or maybe they manage to like <laughs> flash style stop time so they could have like three days to practice? I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, so uh, the Glee Club are actually what you would consider to be second and third rate mutants. Um, not really. <laughs> like the the uh the x-men or like the avengers or anybody that's like has any any useful kind of powers what they've got what mike chang has is like the ability to go back in time for like three seconds so (laughs) like they can go back over like one move in like three seconds a lot but that's just like about it like right which is a power I think we all agree, but you know, sure. not really one that kind of helps when you when you're trying to stop, you know, intergalactic bad guys. So, or maybe that, it's that's that, what they're working with. Maybe he has the power to like he touches somebody, and for just just a few minutes, they have a fraction of his dancing ability imbued to them, and it fades off, fades away. But for like 15 minutes, whoever he touches can dance just a little bit better. I swear to God, I want the AU where Mike Chang goes slightly bad <laughs> and forces everybody into like um, Buffy style dancing, dance yeah, like Bumpy. Yeah. yeah, or or like flash mobs. Yeah, and he's just like and he's off the side cackling, <laughs> and forcing everybody into his his. You know, maybe that's why. Maybe that's what happened every time they broke out into song and dance in the hallways. Mike Chang is actually chaotic good. <laughs> So he's not doing anything mean. It's just it's just still chaotic. And yes, every time they were broke out into song and dance, it's because he's like hop skip jumping around, touching people into dance. Wasn't wasn't Mike Chang sitting next to Blaine in the Michael episode when Shit. when Blaine busts out oh my and goes God. dancing down the hallway? He is. Goddamn was. Listen, I think we cracked the case. I think we figured out what Glee's been about all the fucking time. Mike Chang, secret, chaotic, good, third-rate mutant. (laughs) I would would watch watch that show. show. I need this show. Mike Chang, if you're out there. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I've never seen that show, but now I'm going to be disappointed if it's anything but. <laughs> Uh, I would like I'm sure to it's a great show. I'm aware Mike Chang has an actual name, but I don't care. I think Harry Shum is probably <laughs> way too busy for us. <sighs> Legit, but if he was... Well, you know, know that's, yeah. that's the gauntlet I'm throwing down. <laughs> Harry Shum is too busy, but Mike Chang is actually real. <laughs> exactly. He... He's not doing anything ever. Well, no. then I guess, I guess conversely, Brad the Piano Guy is a second-rate mutant who can clap his hands and come up with an arrangement and just for a minute they remember the song and then perform it and then they go back to not being able to do anything. I mean, that would explain a lot about this TV show. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when they're in the choir room, it's like a zone of ability where as long as Brad's there on the piano, they can come up with any kind of arrangement in a flash. But they leave <laughs> the heist, they leave like the boundary of the high school. And the further and further away they get, the, the ability diminishes. Which is why when uh, Finn is in his bedroom singing to a sonogram, the quality isn't quite so good. Hmm. I can see this. I can see this. <laughs> I would also like to add that that shoe probably has absolutely no musical ability. Right. But it's just that Brad's he there. He's been, yeah, and he's been in that damn choir room for mm -hmm. so long, he just now thinks he does. It's really the choir room that has the ability, and whoever, whosoever enters its hollowed ground, uh, you know, becomes, becomes the glee club. Which is why in like what season four or five they get all those new kids out of nowhere. They just happen yeah. to cross the boundary of the Glee Club. Yeah. Yeah. It all makes sense. You were like, where were you? Uh when we could have every time we kept going, crap, we don't we don't have enough members. <laughs> yeah. Where were you fuckers? Because you kept holding the additions not in the Glee Club choir room. You kept holding them in the auditorium. Which was the mistake. This explains so much. I'm really glad we figured this out. It's been bothering <laughs> yeah. me for five years. Somebody needs somebody tweet at Ryan Murphy. We figured it out. We figured <laughs> out what this whole damn show has been about. Figured your shit out. We're on to you. Also, if you would like to continue the the Mike Chang third grade dance master, yep, I will yep. watch that. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. But only with actual Mike Chang. Yes. Don't try to recast it. God, no. There's only one Mike Chang. There can only be one. I would also one. like to add that while Mike Chang is not Kevin McHale, Mike Chang is also can also is also a good egg, and and I stand behind him. Also, if Kevin yeah. McHale would like to come on the show and talk about Mike Chang, <laughs> yes, Kevin, if you have things that you would like to say about uh, third-rate mutant Mike Chang, we're very interested. We're here to listen. Like, maybe he's our, got some secrets. Our weekly plea. Mikhail, come and talk to us. Oh, one of these days it'll work and it's not going to end well. <laughs> that will be the end of the podcast, guys. FYI, Kevin Mikhail shows up. We're just shutting this shit down. Oh, yeah, long as, we're not topping this. As long as we can get to blame first. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, that's when this until we get to blame. And you get, right. then you get to talk about blame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
I'm just imagining Kevin being like, all right, I'll 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 show up, and then we just have to consult the calendar to see when we can schedule him in after after original song. After original song. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, this episode. <laughs> okay. Wait. Here's the thing about this episode. Rachel thinks she's a little psychic and it never comes up again. And that bothers me. Like, of all the weird shit to mention, Rachel's like, I'm a little psychic and we never hear this shit again. There's never On one like- hand, I fucking believe it because that it, it's exactly the kind of thing that a pretentious white girl coming to her would fucking say. Yeah. Also, it maybe is. she's a fourth-rate mutant. She's, she's a fourth-rate mutant. And her boobs really can tell work. when it's raining. Maybe she actually is a little bit psychic, but also forgets all of her predictions five seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm psychic. Oh God, also, I can't she can't remember. <laughs> Dear fic writers, if I could have the uh, yeah, actually. McKinley and I home for second and third rate mutants as a fic, <laughs> I fucking want it. She has so to badly. like... She has to um, do like selfie videos every couple minutes whenever she has uh, a prediction, or else she'll forget them. So she has to record all of them. Yeah. Okay. Can I? Can we please take? Can we please take a quick side tour? What is? What like we what haven't been? <laughs> no, 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 no. We've totally been on topic the entire time. Uh, what? What is Kurt's third hand? Her third rate mutant ability. Kurt's third we rate mutant need- ability. Um, yeah, we now need to go through the group. I need to know these things. It Kurt's third-rate mutant ability is fashion, but only bad fashion 50 years from the future. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so all of his outfits are like, it, it's, what, it's what would be considered bad fashion, but in like 2070 on Mars. Sounds useful and totally perfect for this mm-hmm. goddamn school. Yep. But but what's Blaine's third rate? That's what I've been trying to think about because Blaine, I feel like he, he yeah, but he's incredibly cheerful. He has the ability to make hmm, really shitty relationships. <laughs> what? What was so that? He has the ability to make really shitty choices in relationships. <laughs> like... Oh. Eli C and Karofsky and generally. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, Karofsky? I don't remember that happening. What are you talking about? Well, you know, that must have been a really bad fic that I read. Yes, yes. Sounds sounds Mm -hmm. right. Uh, Blaine is able to make everybody, uh, is able to make people around him happy and give them good, good advice that he's never able to take himself. That's really sad. Or he always knows. (laughs) You know, that was the he knows the correct answers, but he can never do them. <laughs> he knows what he should like, do with all things and can't do it. Yes, I He's should. Cursed. Like, I know this is the correct right thing now. to do. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hence his trying to manipulate other people to do it for him. So that he's like, ah, yes, it worked out. <laughs> Blaine, this was a terrible, terrible secondhand mutant ability. I'm so sorry. Wow. You deserved it. We'll have to come back to you. I'm going to think about this. Can I consider 
the possibilities here. Also, uh, if you guys happen to have a better, you know, secondhand mutant ability for, please let us know. <laughs> well, okay. Santana yeah. just has, Santana just has razors in her hair. That's her. <laughs> she told us <laughs> what hers know, was. She was, being, she was being, she was being accurate. Yeah. She pulled a Pam Greer. What can we say? <sighs> uh, <laughs> well, I guess. This is this is how exciting the the, sh the episode was, by the way, guys. Just right, FYI. like you'd we, think that sectionals would that be sectionals really would be. exciting, and you're just like, yeah, this is exciting. No, we've been building up, like we've been going over the same, a whole lot of movement, and we just it's this again, it's this again, it's this again. So you're finally at a point where you're like, cool, shit has to happen, and stuff does. I mean. The um the Glee Club finds out about you know who who puck you know pucks the father of Quinn's baby, uh, Ken and and Emma end their whatever the, their relationship was. That um, Terry that and and Will totally have left. I'm like a lot of stuff happened, and yet it's just I don't know. If it's the writing, if it's having seen stuff in the in later seasons, but I end up just going, I don't care. Like it just, I don't, I don't feel that same sense that like the same resonation I feel with other things that we've watched. I just, I just don't care about this, and it just doesn't feel authentic, and it's frustrating. It, it just ends up feeling frustrating. Agreed. Person I felt the worst for in all of this was Quinn. Which, I mean, I sort of feel like that feels weird because, you know, she's been playing this whole game the entire time. But at the same time, now in my ripe old age of whatever it is I am, I'm not going to talk about it, um, <laughs> in my 30s. Uh, late 30s? I just, I, huh? The late 30s? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um I just feel more, I like, I feel bad. I feel worse for her. And when she, and she's saying she wants to go do things on her own. Now she doesn't want to be like, she doesn't want to die and just wants to work on herself and, and, and deal with this herself. I'm just like, yeah, girl, do it. I feel bad for you. I know you've been doing shit. Half of this is of your own making, but I feel bad for you. You do it. And I, so I also realized that that's kind of not, I think what they go for, what, what they were going for, but maybe that's how, that's how I feel now. Yeah. Um, with Quinn, I, I think part of my feelings about her and her pregnancy and her revealing things is shaded by how I feel about her later in the seasons, which isn't positive. She starts to annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. For and really, some of it's just acting choices and some of it's writing and some of it's she has nothing to do. And you can tell that they run out of things for her to do. So they put her into a car accident. And this feels like such a big, important storyline that gets handled so weirdly that everything that happens with it has like a, a tone and a, like a texture that doesn't match. So her, this, like, this big moment for her is kind of taken away from her in the first place, right? Like she's not the one who tells everybody what's going on. She's kind of outed, like the pregnant, like the the truth about the pregnancy is kind of outed, right? So it's not like she really gets to take control of the entire situation. Everything kind of happens to her, which is annoying, and it's a thing that happens to female characters all the time, and I hate it. 
Especially because so much of Quinn's storyline was about Rachel to begin with. So there was even almost more a focus on how this made Rachel feel about right. her like relationship with Finn than Quinn's reaction to like what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, the pregnancy even just felt like a prop for yeah. Rachel and Finn already. Yeah, I'm so glad speaking we got to of, feel about. Because speaking of female characters having things happen to them, yes. Um, so one of the things I like to go and read, like all of the trivia, the bloopers, the errors, the stuff that happens with the episodes that I may not have known about, and it's like, oh, hey, that's cool, that's interesting. Sometimes I even remember to add them into the podcast. Um, <laughs> this one. I, I am bringing out because it bothered the heck out of me, and I pretty much told Emily and Mandy we're talking about it, to which they were like, yes, we are. Um, Jane LeMay's called the kiss between her and Matt Morrison the kiss and said that it was she wasn't given the script about the kiss and in order to keep it real. So basically, she was not aware of any any kiss that she and Matt were going to have. Matt obviously knew about it, but then uh, just sort of happened to her because... You know, she was not aware of it. And the powers that be, whether that be Ryan or whether that be Brad, since he's the one that was directing, was just like, no, no, we're just not going to tell her because we want it to yeah. be real. Uh, they're fucking actors. That's their job. Yeah. I mean, in this Me Too movement. You somebody that can do that. Yeah, it's straight up bullshit. No. It's just so inappropriate. But that's not appropriate. That's not allowed. And... If you're running your own TV show and you're listening to this podcast, one, uh, we would like to talk to you. Two, don't fucking do that. And it's also that, you know, they wouldn't have done that to Matt Morrison. Like, they wouldn't plan in a surprise kiss with a guy. They wouldn't have told Jama and not told Matt. Yeah, and told exactly. Jama, no, yeah, Go ahead yeah. and kiss him. Because we want Matt to keep it real. You're not a good enough actress, so we're going to have to surprise you. Right. I'm like, and if you're not hiring, at, you know, actors that are good enough to fake a real kiss um then you didn't do your job the first time well enough yeah it didn't yeah. seem to be a problem for chris and darren that's true uh, i was gonna I'm sorry, I, I didn't need to say that, that. none of those none of those kisses were real at all <laughs> i didn't need to say quiet. that and i did it anyway i'm gonna go sit over here in the corner <laughs> think about what Put a corner in the jar <laughs> My God, the amount of money we would have. We would be able to have a lot of money. <laughs> buy, better po- buy better mics. Buy better mics. Better podcasting platforms. Yeah. We'd have a studio. <laughs> no, we wouldn't, because you fuckers don't live here. Yeah. <laughs> I said it. Yeah, I said it. I won't take it back. I wonder where the middle would be. Okay, anyway, I'm getting off track. Okay. <laughs> so Tennessee. Tennessee. Her studio will be in Tennessee. Uh, the uh, moving on from from inappropriate things that happen to female characters into just inappropriate female characters, Rachel. Yeah. So uh, just I was with Mercedes halfway through this mo- movie through this show. <laughs> yes, agreed. I was there saying it's not fair that she's always the person that that they go to. Yes, Mercedes. Yes. And I'm going to show Rachel up by singing this song. Yes, Mercedes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes. I mean, oh, sectionals here. Oh, the only person that could sing on the fly is Rachel. Mm -hmm. Girl? No. Yeah. 
after do proving not, do not treat yourself like free salsa you are guac you are extra you are amazing you don't need to pretend like you're like you're not as good if not better than her so don't give me that bullshit that writing is such shit <laughs> such a lovely yeah. like sentiment baby you the guac <laughs> You are extra, and you should damn well be proud of it. <laughs> and, like, she killed that song. It's yes. not like she's singing a mediocre song. Also, why couldn't you put that song into sectionals? It's not like it's not like you can only do a song once. Once you've sung the song, it's over. Like, I mean, that is kind of how... Yeah, the show does kind of operate like that, though. They practice all of these songs, and they're amazing. And then they, I'm like, why did we... Why did we not do that uh, that number in season one where, or season two where Kurt is fucking gore- like flawless at, in Lady Gaga, uh, born, what, born This Way? Why don't we do that as a, a competition number? Because that was great. No, we're just never going to acknowledge that that song, that routine ever again. The only song Outside they do of, repeatedly is Don't Stop Believing. With, and even then it's not a Yeah. Um, every time. Or it's a or it's a competition song for somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is what I was here. But yeah, so it's, it's it's just it's baffling. It's like no, I can't I can't I can't pull a song out of my ass. Like I I didn't just do a phenomenal number twenty minutes ago. But you guys, Rachel's been practicing Rachel's been practicing since she was a little girl. There's a lot of things where there that uh, New Directions is telling people not to do. <laughs> Your songs are, don't stop believing you can't always get what you want <laughs> don't know my parade uh, god damn it new directions what can i do don't tell me what i can't do yeah it's it's a frustrating thing to continually be told rachel's better than everybody and then also then turn around and have you know the glee club go we don't like how it's always about Rachel. It's like, yeah, we don't either, but then then literally you're giving stuff to Rachel. Yeah, they don't like you how are it's always it about Rachel, and then they give it all to Rachel. Glee Club, you are in an abusive relationship with Rachel. What's the thing that Mercedes said? She was like, it's all up to you now. Like, you're a yeah. no, It's a group performance. It's literally <laughs> not all up to her. Literally, it has to be up to 12 people because that's what the fucking bylaws say. <laughs> you all have to be there, you fucks. <laughs> it's not me, Rachel, and New Direction Show. And I get so frustrated when we continually do this. I'm Rachel, you and here at the New Direction. In- Blaine GIF. <laughs> I'm, in- I'm inserting a GIF in this podcast. And you all knew exactly in your head what was going on. Yes, I did. I also yeah. inserted one of the Blaine spinning gifts. <laughs> Fair. I just kind of added it. Um, well, someone should talk about Ken and Emma. Should somebody? I mean, I it's mean, part of the episode. I mean, yes. I guess my comment being more just this, this, this relationship is weird. It's weird and it's stupid and we have no sympathy for Ken and fuck that guy and Emma's an idiot and didn't Cancel the wedding somehow, within 24 hours. Glee did manage to pull off something impressive in taking a guy who is being essentially cheated on on an emotional level and manipulated by a woman and his 
presumably best friend and still made him completely unsympathetic. Yes. That is true. That's a feat. <laughs> but they still made that guy totally yeah. unlikable. Yeah. I didn't have a best friend? I guess it's well. Okay. I mean, Left hand. Like by, by virtue of what they showed us on screen, they were yeah. friends. Yeah. Really horrible friends, but I'm not sure Shu is actually capable of understanding what friendship is. No. He just understands uh want to bond with teenagers and like cheat on my wife. <laughs> I did like Ken's, you know, you'll always choose Schuster over me. Like, yes, she will. Yeah. She will. And he really shouldn't have needed so long to know that. <laughs> no, it took him. I mean, it never really made sense why he agreed, like, why he liked her and why. It was, it was just a stupid yeah. thing to have happen. It, it was a roadblock for Emma and Shu, and that was it. It, was, it didn't have anything to do with Ken. It didn't really have anything to do with Emma. It was just a way to build some sort of attempt at tension and thing for for will it just sort of emphasizes when you're when you're i'm gonna pull it into i guess a fandom when you're setting up conflict in a story and you're literally just setting up a relationship or a conflict just to be like impediment it is frustrating if there's like there really is no there's no reason for this other than to be a roadblock for this yeah that makes no sense it's dumb and the and the users followers readers watchers whatever we all fucking know it and and it's just it's Mm -hmm. annoying so be better than brad falchuk ryan murphy don't set shit up that makes no sense just for just for reasons to do it reason also have characters who can kind of uh pass the the sexy lamp test like emma we know nothing about emma besides the fact that she pretty enough that two men want to be with her and that she's a little mouse there's nothing about about her character that makes anyone root for her except for wanting to see her with will because we know what will's been through I was that the part where I started to get really excited for Emma was when she was like, I'm leaving William McKinley because I can't work. I, it'd be too painful to work here with both Will and Ken. I'm like, good. Go to Dalton. Mm-hmm. Go work at Dalton. <laughs> go, go work at the sister school. Go, go somewhere else, girl. You apparently, you, you, you need also some therapy, maybe. You just need to talk to somebody. You maybe need like a good group of friends and like a lot of wine. I don't know. Speaking, speaking but, of therapy. Like, I, speaking of therapy. Oh yeah. Terry scene. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's the character development that I want. Yep. Like, yeah. hi, I understand the mistakes I made. I'm in therapy now. I'm trying to better my life. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go Terry. You just just don't go running back to Will. That's the part. I just don't. like. Yeah. Don't do that. Get. You're free. Be free. And of course, just, Will, Will like. I no longer, you're like, I don't love you or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, of course you don't. Of course you don't. Um, you know what? I don't even want you to love her. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to. Yeah. You leave her alone. Go on your own, Terry. <laughs> exactly. We are the Kevin Gale and Terry Schuster Club. <laughs> she deserves so much more. She does. I mean, I know, God, I forget the, the actress's name. She... She as, or at least she said she saw her character 
I was reliving high school and just always stuck in the past. I'm like, in my, I never saw that at all. But also, like, you're going to therapy. You're go. You're, and we never actually see if she continues down that path or she reverts or we don't see that. But she does at least anything for me to do. Schuster, I don't think you ever fucking say that. Do you ever take like blame for anything? No, he doesn't. No. No, and, and you know, it's on the like rare occasion where he might, it's like everyone just rushes to tell him that he's fine. No, yeah, and and it's just F was my hatred of Shu has got to the point I can't I can't look at Matt Morrison. Like I'm sure he's a <laughs> lovely person and a great actor. I cannot fucking look at him. Yeah, this is my hatred of Shu. <laughs> if you had not picked up on that yet. <laughs> Well, there goes your birthday surprise. Yeah. <laughs> no, like people have said he was great in finding Neverland. I'm like, fucking no, hell, he, he wasn't. wasn't. No. Oh, I maybe it wasn't that one. There, it, he was in a he was in a recent one or something. Or maybe it was that one. Maybe I have friends that have bad taste. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, just he was great in this, and I'm like, I I disagree. I didn't even see it, but I'm gonna disagree because I hate <laughs> it on the grounds of shit. <laughs> I accept this about you. <laughs> and this will be this will be somebody I'm supposed to ever from this goddamn show. It would end up being Matt Morrison, and it would just be like, I can't, I can't, I cannot with you. <laughs> cannot look at you. I cannot acknowledge you. I'm gonna go stand in the corner by away from you. There goes your birthday <laughs> present. Yeah, no, I there there is no reason for me to actually meet anybody from the show. I just uh, that would be that would be how life goes. <laughs> Just FYI. Um, other than Kevin McHale, who again, I was gonna say hello. No, yeah, thing. Meeting these people's great. I did not mean you, Kevin. <laughs> not you, sir. This, this not, no, not you at all. You, you are a gem of a man. Um, <laughs> a gentleman. This show, is has been, <laughs> this show has been very fast and loose. Yeah, that's how I. That's how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to not say the thing in my head until I set it up. Yeah, don't knock it down. What's the point? Let's uh, just go with that's what Blaine said. <laughs> well done. It's been our Blaine heavy episode since we were pretty good about it the last two. Yeah. <laughs> Had to break. Okay, so we didn't really talk much about Quinn and the baby drama and Finn and fuck everybody else. Do does anybody have any major major feelings? Uh, I know we talked briefly on Quinn, but I guess just feelings on that whole further feelings um, on that whole plot storyline. I I liked Finn's. Um, I don't remember where in the episode it falls at this point, honestly. But he he just goes, "Why do I have to be the bigger man?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're 15. That is an excellent fucking question. You're too young yeah. for all of this shit." And then to have Schuster, maybe it was right after Schuster. Yeah, it was after Shu comes in and he's like, you're going to be the leader, basically. And so you've got this bullshit baby drama that really has nothing to do with Finn now. It's not his kid, but he's taken on what he thought was all this responsibility and he's dealing with his feelings for Rachel. He's mentally taken on. Yeah, he's mentally taken on a lot of shit. And, you know, he's got all these things happening and... That's a fair question when you're a teenager and when you're 30 and when you're in your late 30s, Mav. To be like, why do I have to be the bigger person? 
when nobody else is. Because all these kids around him are squabbling and they're fighting, and they're really annoying. And he kind of gets forced to step into, or they at least want him to step into the bigger man role, and that's hard, and it sucks, and he does a good job at it sometimes. It also goes back to what you were saying about, like, it's supposed to be a team. Like, Shoes shouldn't be singling one person out to say, it's all on you now. Mm -hmm. Like, let him be a member. And yet, as we have discussed, uh, Shoes sees Finn as himself. And so literally, Finn has to realize things for Shoes to feel like he can relive things. So in, in no surprise is he like i'm going to put all of this uh uh, stress anxiety emotional weight uh responsibility i'm just gonna put it on the back of your shoulders when you're also dealing with the fallout of you know having taken on your girlfriend who thought was pregnant because of you Mm -hmm. and now isn't because she's pregnant with your best friend's child and you're dealing with that emotional weight i'm also gonna add this to you yeah, because now all of a sudden you've got, oh, by the way, exactly. your girlfriend's been cheating on you. Exactly. It's been a good day for Finn. <sighs> there, are, there are days when I get frustrated at things Finn does and how his characterization goes. Um, this is one I definitely am sympathetic to him. And and just, I want to be like, yeah, you're 15 years old. Go throw a fucking football. <laughs> Go outside, man. Yeah. Go take a nap. Uh, Life's too in, short. In, <laughs> some uh, other platitude. Some other other platitude about millennials. Oh, you know what's annoying? Oh, Artie. Thanks. <laughs> that one thing that's annoying in the show. Uh, Artie got his uh, wheelchair bus anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Then no, no reference to that. Mm-hmm. Like the to the rant thing before. Spent a whole no episode. comment about wow we had to do all of that for that ramp and you still got the fucking bus. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you put that money towards ramps, which is great, but here's that bus anyway. And they like highlighted him getting on the bus as if to say, Fuck you, viewers, we still got the bus. As if to stare you down on the camera. Yeah. And dare you to call them out on the bus that they just had in the last episode. Dare so you looking, to say something. Looking right back at you, Murphy. I see your bus. And I don't like it. You know, I don't like already having easy transport to uh, various. Uh, <laughs> Not when various you gave me clubs. a whole episode six weeks ago about how there was no bus. Um, I remember. I'd like to point out. I'd like to point out that nothing on this show is new or absolutely nothing, and that we reuse everything because one of the rival choir directors, his name is Dalton. Yeah, they're just, they were, you know what it was? They were just planting the seeds. They were just letting us know that soon, just a few he miles didn't. away. He didn't fucking, he didn't fucking like start the school. His first name's Dalton. <laughs> just, no, it was just like, just breadcrumbs. It's just breadcrumbs when the writer's like, hey, oh, we're going to, yeah, we're just going to put this name in and just like, just a little hint, like, guys, soon. I mean, I like next like season, so it's a whole year from now. Or like to have reactions. Yeah, it's basically that they couldn't think of any other names, I suppose. You know, there's only so many spots on that damn wheel that we throw we throw darts <laughs> at. Yeah. 
Well, like we were saying too, Artie <laughs> calls someone uh, a total trout mouth. And I was like, really? Even trouty mouth was reused? Awesome. Again, only so many spaces. <laughs> only so much on the wheel of uh, decision making. Uh, didn't we already use that? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Keep it going. It's a new episode. It's a new thing. It's fine. Uh, oh, I, but Santana uh, and Brittany are now canon. Oh, that's so. true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That happens. Well, they're now canon. However, I do know some people consider them to be considered a little bit more, or I guess canon to have started earlier, depending on how you see their relationship. Um, I know we've discussed this. Um, yeah. When you go back and rewatch things, you can see it. But um, I'm curious. just textually explicit. Yes. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think it's it's the the whole uh make it gay, you cowards. Like if you don't if you're not overt and explicit, it doesn't fucking count. Right. But I am curious if uh, if other viewers consider earlier instances to be to be the start or the, the canon start for them or not. So I if mean, you don't the, consider this episode Yeah. The one thing Glee did good was they were not afraid to make it gay. Yeah. There are times when I would prefer them to not make it gay, like Blaine and Karofsky. Uh, I'm sorry, who? I I don't know that name. I'm sorry, that 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 really bad. Don't, I don't um, know what happened there. Someone wrote a yeah. terrible fic, and we don't talk about it. Um, I will I will say there's four more things. Glee has the only instance where there are two characters that are both gay going up against each other that I actually wanted it to be het, and that that was a new thing. <laughs> And I was just like, it was San- it was Santana and it was um, Sebastian, yeah. And it that was, was and it was the uh, the the smooth criminal scene. And I'm that like, was- you're both gay, but you guys should both go fuck like yeah. right now. That was a that was a good scene. Yeah, it was a good scene, and it was the first time I went make it het you cowards. <laughs> and it was strange, and it's time, never happened was, again. <laughs> never happened exactly. It's never happened again. Or with anybody else, but it was the one time I've had that happen. So kudos to, to the two of them. Indeed. Power of Sebastian, baby. <laughs> he has meerkat chemistry with just about anybody. <laughs> I'm gonna get kicked off this podcast when Sebastian shows up. <laughs> no, it'll be a very, very interesting podcast. Because <laughs> Grant and I have have the same dog. We share a dog. It's true. So you I, have you have met a Glee cast member then? You and Grant sharing your I dog. Confirm or deny. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. I know nothing. I see nothing. I am nothing. <laughs> I have been nowhere. It's fine. You have no evidence. <laughs> that doesn't stop people. <sighs> I would like to add that tape recordings are not admissible evidence in a court of in a court of law. <laughs> We live in Trump's America. Even Trump. if it were permitted, it wouldn't matter. This is Trump's America now. Oh my god, imagine like the bleeding heart episode around the election if the show had oh. still been on. Oh no. Oh. Who who what characters on Glee would have voted for Trump? Go. Brittany. Definitely Brittany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Oh, Sue. Well, mm, no, Sue would have written herself in on the ballot. I think Quinn would have. Quinn might have said she was, but then secretly voted for Hillary. Right. Um, Uh, I'd like to think Karofsky's parents. 
Oh, yeah, and Quinn's parents, for sure. Most people's Absolutely. parents, except Bert, who by that point would have... Yeah. yeah, by then, by then Bert was, like, was campaigning for Bert. Hillary. Carol might have voted for Trump, though. Yeah, military family. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm, yes, but I'm also Bannon team uh, Carol's just a bamf, and we don't have any canon to really say otherwise. Other than that, she marries Bert, who is amazing. So therefore, I'm going with it, and I'm gonna say no. I mean, that she was, the, she was the yeah. the what what percentage of white women that voted for Hillary? Like thirteen percent? Not enough, some, you assholes. Yeah, some tiny percentage. She was she was in that tiny tiny percentage. I think uh, I think Principal Figgins probably voted for Trump. I could see that. I could go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly. I'm going to say Shu, and I don't think I need to explain why. <laughs> I think Shu would have, like, been one of those people who was, like, passionately arguing how they just needed to drain the swamp and get no, all no, the no, corruption no. out of there. I take Shh. this back. Tr- uh, he didn't vote for Trump. He voted for a, he voted for Gary fucking Johnson or Jill fucking <laughs> Stein. He voted yes. for Jill Stein. Definitely well, voted for Jill Stein. Stein. Yeah. Well, taking yeah. the high road because like I can't, I can't muddy either of these candidates because they're both bad. Well, fuck yeah. you, Shu. Yeah. yeah. Look what you did. That's when he and Emma uh, get divorced <laughs> because Emma's like, "I'm sorry, thanks for throwing away your vote." You know who? You know who probably did? Terry. Mm. Terry recognized a bad bitch when she saw one. <laughs> I could see her with a Hillary sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, Will, Will, Will doesn't like Hillary. We're all in. We're in. We're in. Yeah. Blaine obviously voted for, not for Trump. Well, yeah. Uh, Blaine voted for Hillary. Who would have been the Bernie bros? Uh, Finn. Artie? Artie's a Bernie bro. Artie, yeah. (laughs) Artie is, I, God bless, but he was a fucking Bernie bro. (laughs) He was a Bernie bro. Oh, shit. This, uh, this is a much safer discussion than our earlier one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, I could see, um, I could also see uh, Sam, but I can also see Sam voting for Trump. I could see Sam uh, just being very easily swayed by whoever he was talking to at the time. I, I don't think Sam voted. I, I could totally believe that too. Yeah, I think like I could Sam, vote. Sam and Puck probably just did not vote. This is not related to voting conversation, but I have to say, so many years past Glee, Sam is the person I genuinely forget was even a character on the show on a regular basis. Uh, You you said Sam, and I had to, like, take a moment and was like, oh, Cord, right. And think about it. He was on the show. He was, unfortunately, on the show. Also, Marley. Marley voted for Trump. Yeah. Or Jill Stein. Or Jill Stein. Marley voted for Trump. Kitty voted for Jill Stein. Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad this didn't actually happen. Can you imagine, like, the <laughs> fandom? <laughs> I'm also going to add, uh, oh, oh, Rachel. Ooh. Rachel wrote herself in. Fair. Fair. With a gold star, so it invalidated the whole ballot. Or, and Rachel, Rachel, was and just, or, or Rachel was just too busy to vote that day. And then didn't understand why people didn't, like, have sympathy for how packed her schedule was. Yeah. Yep. I'm also going to say, say, Kurt didn't vote for Trump because I just, I don't think he would and it makes me feel better. Um, don't think he's a Bernie bro. 
no. I think I think Ooh. Kurt would vote for Hillary. Well, honestly, I would say considering who he's played by, I think yeah. we I think we have, he would vote for Hillary. I think this is one he of those instances probably. where the actor would override any yeah. any character <laughs> exactly. and just be like, uh, no, I my character is not voting for Trump. Not only yeah. not only is my character not voting for Trump, my character is going to be stumping for Hillary and will be mm-hmm. handing out buttons. And, and therefore, I'm taking I, four I would episodes off. Also, I'm taking my adorably cute husband with me, who will be very easy to to like grab a bunch of wayward white girl and get them into the conversation. Kurt that, would also that would... dress in fashionable pantsuits as a <laughs> Hillary. Yes. And and basically use Blaine as a lure to get people to come in and listen to Hillary Hillary's speeches and why you should vote for Hillary. And Blaine would allow him to be used. Sounds right. Sounds good. I'm glad I'm glad we were able to figure that out. Yeah. Uh moral of the bill you should register and go vote. Um some states have primaries coming up on June first, and if you don't vote, um go fuck yourself. But super important because guess what? Texas just elected a uh, lesbian Latina as the mm. Democratic frontrunner to go up a straight white man for the gubernatorial election nice. later this year. A lesbian Latina. She's got a long road to go. Yeah. The first black uh, black woman uh, nominated by a major party. Georgia. This thing is, this stuff is important. You should go do it. Thank you for listening to our PSA. <laughs> and if you don't vote, your vote, your voice doesn't matter. So and Kurt and, and Blaine are very upset at you. Don't and you're basically Blaine. you're basically like Sam or Puck. <laughs> there. There you go. Um, is there anything we're missing in the actual episode? Well, okay. <laughs> are there, how do you? We got to bring this around somehow. Um, did you like any of the songs? I liked uh, the Dream Girls song, Mercedes sang. Yes. Always good. I thought My Life Would Suck Without You was cute. I refuse to give it any acknowledgement. Why? The Why song to shoot. Oh. Because he's I... <laughs> there. And we're very sympathetic and we feel bad. I'm feeling very bitter and loud this episode. I, I only slightly apologize, guys. I just like to see them in all their old props. Oh, that's fair. That was cute. They didn't look like they were hating it, so I'm in. It is fun when you can when you when you watch and you can see where the kids singing it seem to like actually enjoy it. Sort yeah. of like the uh, ride with me from Nelly, which they stuck in yeah. because they heard singing it behind the scenes. Yep. Sort of like that. Uh, Mandy, how much did you love "Don't Rain on My Parade"? I mean, I watched it like 17 times in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was- I thought so. The highlight of my week by far. Good, good. I'm glad you got um, to have that. The the one believable thing about the show is that Rachel had that in her back pocket, ready to just stomp on anyone she could and perform it at a moment's notice. <laughs> yes, God. that is true. That is true. That's a setup that know, had a payoff. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that uh, right now? Uh, let's see, Santana, Brittany, and Mike Chang are all considered guest stars. Yes. I did I not know that. that. that it's just a way to pay people less. Oh, I'm sure. Because uh, I can see uh, Heather and, and uh, Harry are not really 
expensive or anyone at that time. And guess who's probably worth so much more now? Mm-hmm. Third rate mutant. Third rate mutant, Mike Chang. Mike Chang. Is that just the title of the episode? Third rate mutant, Mike Chang. I think that's so fucking. All right. Episode time. Done. Um. All right. Yeah. Do we? Do we want to? I guess we should wrap it up. <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. All right. So uh, we've had some. There are some episodes we like. Any not episodes? Songs we liked. Lines that stick out. That any particular lines? Anything else that makes us go? Yes, that was awesome. Um, no, apparently not. Not really. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Santana said something to Emma. Like, do you know anything about music? Which I thought was funny. Fabulous. Just when like. Emma's like, I'm going to be your uh, faculty advisor. And like, okay. But sure, man. do you know anything about music? Apparently not. Because apparently you guys can put together arrangements in like an hour without yeah. them. All right. So uh, this has been a hell of a roller coaster episode. Talked about the actual plot behind Glee that nobody ever really knew about. Say it all together with us, everybody. Third rate mutant, rate mutant Mike, Mike Chang. Uh, then uh, there's also the foray into pot. We are not going to apologize for. No. And mm-hmm. how the, uh, the the episode pulled together a bunch of storylines that um, you were we'd been going over, rehashing, and to end on this really high you know high note, and, and it and it does lead uh, or end on a cliffhanger, but ultimately just leaves a lot of kind of frustrated. Yes. Did I miss anything? Uh, no. I mean, so the, the, the back nine of uh, season one is going to have to operate kind of as its own mini season. So that's going to be interesting. Because honestly, at the moment, I don't really remember any of the episodes. I don't either. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they go. Cool. And now yeah. we just keep going. Yeah. Uh-huh. And to see how we weave those together. It's like, oh, shit, we got to keep going. Yeah. Oh, shit, we did well. We did not expect to do well. But uh, mm-hmm. congrats, guys. <laughs> Yay, us? Question mark? All right. So uh, with that, I'm, we're just going to say, well, that's uh, that's what you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.